As parents, there are times that we may not want to tell our kids the complete truth about some of the harsh realities of our world. But where is that line between protecting our kids and actually being dishonest with them? Well, our very own Marilee Bradley is a mom of eight from Lincoln, and this morning, we're looking forward to connecting with Marilee around telling the truth to our kids. Marilee, welcome back to the Morning Conversation. Good morning. It's been too long. Yeah, okay. Just so you know, I don't know if you've, you would be our most frequented guest on the Morning Conversation. We've had you back more than anybody else. Thank you. I really was thinking, like, we've been doing this maybe for almost a decade. Wow. Like my kids Ooh, were wow. so little. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about my little kids were tiny when we started having these conversations. And I think now, like, what what did I know back then? But I'm seeing <laughs> the fruit of it. There was so much we talked about mm. in hope that these things would play out to yes. be true. And I'm seeing that now with these great teenagers yeah. I've yeah. got. The fun thing is the older your kids get and the more it's like, okay, no, it worked. The more confident yeah. that you can share. Like my kids are adults now, the 34, 32, 30 this year. They're awesome by God's grace yes. <laughs> and God's wisdom, applying God's wisdom. Our adult kids are awesome. And so now I can with great confidence say some things that I said a little bit more hesitantly <laughs> before. <laughs> Amen. I feel you. It's not robot programming. You know, it's not if we just do X, Y, and Z, they will yes. turn out perfectly. But Amen. there is That's some right. of that seed planting. You yeah. know, we're planting in hope and in faith and wanting to do it right no matter how they turn out. And then seeing them turn out great is beautiful. That's the thing that's so interesting about parenting, because on the one hand, we don't completely control things. And so if her kid goes astray or doesn't quite end up where we hoped and would want, and maybe they're just making destructive choices at some point, that's not all on us. Like we can't go right. get underneath that because it's like they're their free will and all that, all that kind of thing. But man, if there's nothing to parenting, then why do why are we needed? Like, like there there is right. this piece of influence we can't control, but we have a significant influence that we can have on our kids. It's such an important job. Merrily, we're going to be talking uh, about kind of different facets of truth, honesty, lying related to our kids. And uh, you recently had an experience with uh, your daughter, one of your daughters that uh, you wrote about in your blog related to this topic. So tell us about that. Get us into the conversation today. My poor daughter, she's very uh, direct, very blunt, and she loves all things medical. And she had just some very good questions for the dentist. And she asked, are you going to give me a shot? And the dentist said, no, we don't do shots here. That mm. We would never want to do that. And kind of gave her some other words that weren't shot, but weren't truthful, <laughs> you know, really hedging this, that right. we would never do that to you. And so she had her procedure. She comes back out to the waiting room where I'm waiting. And the first thing she says to me is she lied to me. She did give me shots, mm. you know, and she was so disoriented by that because we have told her the truth, even when things are going to be hard, even when it's things that she's not going to like that we try to pre-teach her, talk it through. I had already prepared her for shots before we walked in there. So it wasn't the shot that bothered her. She was ready for that. It was that this adult that she had trusted with an honest question had been dishonest with her. And that was just tough for her to deal with. Wow. What is the impact when adults aren't honest with kids? I think it's such a disruption in trust. 
And we are honest with our kids because we want our kids to know that we can be trusted, that we are believable, that they don't have to second guess us or worry that what we've said isn't true or go to second and third and fourth sources to check (laughs) if what we've said was accurate, Mm. that we tell them the truth because we want them to know the truth, first of all, but second of all, because we're building that trust relationship with them. As you say that, if our kids lie to us, what does it do for us? It undermines our trust. So that same foundation that gets, you know, broken down when when kids lie to us, the reverse is also true. Yeah. How many times do we say to our kids, like, I don't even care if you took the cookie. I just need you to tell me the truth. (laughs) And then here we are, you know, feeling this push to lie about the cookies because we just (laughs) want our kids to feel good and we don't want to tell them the truth. Marilee, some would argue that uh, adults need to protect their kids from the truth sometimes. Like there's some things that are true that, you know, maybe young kids can't handle at the, at the moment. You're a mom to numbers of children. (laughs) I haven't said that yet today. So eight enough. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) From some pretty hard life situations and experiences, what's your perspective on being honest with kids about hard things versus skirting the truth in order to quote unquote protect them? Yeah. I think sometimes we don't have enough faith in our kids Hmm. and that they can handle hard truths when they're told in an age appropriate way. So they don't need things told to them that are inappropriate are too heavy for them to carry. But I also think they are capable of handling a lot more than we think they are. So my philosophy has been if my kids are old enough to ask the questions, they're old enough for honest answers. (laughs) So sometimes they ask questions that I am not really prepared to have that conversation in the moment, (laughs) you know, but I will say, all right, the two of us tonight, we're going to talk about this and I will tell them the truth. But what I'm never going to say to them is I'll tell you when you're older. (laughs) Because that does not get rid of the question. The question is still there. It just means my kids are now either going to create an answer in their mind that may be very detrimental, that may be untrue, that may have harmful outcomes for them if they believe that answer, Hmm. or they may go to other sources. They may go to Google. They may go to the Hmm. neighbor kids. You know, they're going to look other places for truth if I'm not willing to tell it to them. Wow. That's powerful. (laughs) That's insightful. I've never (laughs) heard that before. I think it's a great insight. Like when your kids ask the question, they have the question and they want an answer. And if you don't give it to them, then you're opening the door unintentionally for them to find other sources to get their questions answered. And we know that's true because we did that ourselves. You can think of the answers you created to the questions. And I mean, sometimes for me, even I'll push my kids a little bit to have them ask the questions because I know they're thinking about something or they're Mm. wrestling with something or, you know, so I'll open the door to that even when it is a really hard topic because I want to be the one that tells them the truth. You know, we want our children to be truthful obviously, right? But the human nature is to try to cover up something that we've done wrong. Are there ways that uh, we as parents, if we're not careful, we're actually inadvertently giving our children the opportunity to lie? Are we kind of setting our kids up in a way that maybe isn't helpful? Right. Absolutely. I just am of the firm belief that if I come out and I find my kid with his hand in the cookie jar, (laughs) I'm not asking him, did you take a cookie? Like, I'm not asking him. We're just going to go ahead and move on with this is what happened. Because if they know that I know, then why am I asking other than that they think I need them to lie to me? Hmm. Because I I know. So 
if I can give my kids the opportunity by just confronting them with truth and not asking them to lie, then that's what I'm going to do. So if I know my kids done something wrong, I'm not going to ask them, what did you do? Or did you do this? We're just going to move forward with the fact that they did it and not going to give them an opportunity to feel pressured into trying to make excuses or lying about it. Hmm. So have you ever had an interaction with your kids prior to having this wisdom come to you? I've got to tell you, this was actually wisdom that came to me from the generations before me. Mm. You know, this is something I remember my aunt telling my mom and my mom telling me and just thinking, oh, yeah, I'm not going to make my kids lie if they don't have to. I'm not going to add that sin (laughs) on top of the sin of taking the cookie. Like, let's not even give them the opportunity for that. Marilee, when our kids are honest about something that they've done that goes against you know, something that's core to our, you know, our gut, like it's a violation of a value. Our new jerk reaction can be to express deep frustration, disappointment, maybe in ways that isn't always productive, right? We just got to kind of work that well. Because again, we talked about earlier this morning that when our kids lie to us, we can feel like betrayed. We can speak out of that hurt and frustration in ways that maybe aren't helpful or productive. So what are some perspectives that you can give that we should keep in mind to help us handle those situations in a positive, constructive way? Um, Sometimes I need a timeout. I will tell them that it is for me. Like I am going to send myself to my room for a minute because I don't want to damage our relationship in the way that we're going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And I can even think with my parents, I remember sometimes my dad saying like, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this. I need some time to think about it. And it's good. And also it was the scariest sentence in the whole world, (laughs) (laughs) but that we don't need to feel the pressure that in the moment we have to have the perfect thing to say or the perfect consequence, Mm -hmm. or, you know, we can take some time. We can tell our kids, we need to think about it. We need to pray about it. We're going to huddle as a team Mm -hmm. before we're going to make decisions about that. Or even before we say how we feel, like I need some time to figure out how I feel and be able to talk about that appropriately. That's so good because, you know, just think about as an adult and whether with your kids or other adults and friends and peers, if you said everything that came up in your head and your heart in the moment, it'd be a disaster. Like that applies to our kids as well. Doesn't mean that you just kind of spew out anything that comes to mind out of frustration and disappointment and hurt. And And you know, sometimes you say the thing you shouldn't have said and you realize it, you know, either immediately (laughs) or later. Yep. You got to come back. So I think those are the times to say, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That's not what I wanted to say to you. I should have just taken some time to think about it. And I think that's how we model for our kids. We're all going to say the dumb thing. It's okay to come back. I worked with kids for numbers of years. I've had kids. It's in like when parents aren't willing to admit that they were wrong, drives kids yeah. crazy because they know you were wrong. <laughs> like they know right. it was wrong. <laughs> and it just, again, talk about undermining trust because that's not honest either to not come back and say, you know what? I was wrong in that situation. That was not good. Yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah. And as our kids get older, I mean, even figuring out, oh, I made them uncomfortable. You know, like what I said wasn't even necessarily wrong, but it wasn't kind, you know, like it was, mm, I can still right. apologize for those things too, because I, I want them wrong. to be kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Marilee, preschool children can be very imaginative. <laughs> you know, yes. they can be very into the make-believe, right? That's good imagination, that kind of thing. So how do we help children learn the difference between make-believe and actually lying? I like to roll with it. Like, that's a really fun story. And then what happened? You know, like, we're just going to go with that this is imaginary. But what we're not going to do is pin them down of, is that true? Or are you lying to mommy right now? Because they just may not have the developmental capacity to understand these things. So we're going 
going to go with this is imaginary and we're going to flesh out that idea of imaginary and fantasy. And that's great that you have that kind of creative capacity, but I'm not going to make this into a big, you are lying to me right now and we need to have a consequence for that. Hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is let's keep playing it out so it gets to the place of clarity of we're just making this stuff up, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, because this is totally normal, totally developmentally appropriate. I don't know that this is sin. And if we can keep playing this out <laughs> that we are being silly right now, then we are all on the same page about that. <laughs> That's good. Another area where uh, children have to uh, sort things out is keeping secrets versus not revealing surprises. Like, so you've got some good yes. thoughts around that. So how do you distinguish between those two with your kids and why is that important? Yeah, we've talked with our kids about the fact that we never keep secrets from our parents. Like there, no one should ever ask them to keep a secret from their parents. And if someone is doing that, they should be highly suspicious. Then that is something they extra need to come talk to an adult about. And um, But there are times where we'll have surprises and we'll say surprises are something that when someone finds out, they're going to be happy about it. Hmm. When it's secret keeping, we're, we're not usually keeping good secrets, but surprises, that's going to be a fun thing to find out. And we can understand that, that that can be appropriate, but that secret keeping is that breach in trust again, if you feel like there's something you can't talk to a parent about. So if it is legitimately protecting a surprise, is it okay to lie? I think hedge is probably the appropriate <laughs> term of like, hmm, we'll see, we'll see. And uh, you know, I have one of my kids that because of his trauma history, absolutely hates surprises. Mm. Like they are not fun for him. So I have learned that like, if a surprise isn't fun for him, then it's not fun for him. Mm. So he will know that like packing everybody up and we're gonna go to the Omaha Zoo, it's gonna be a surprise for them, but not for him. Like I will tell him the night before, like this is gonna be a surprise, but I'm telling you because that's what he needs. I think it's okay to realize we're all unique in that way. Marilee, what are some ways that you teach your children about the unique truths of the Bible? Because we are the first people they have to learn to trust, we tell them the truth so that when we tell them the Bible is true, they are prone to believe us. Mm. Where if we have been people who have been dishonest with them, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult, challenging for them to believe that the Bible is true when we tell them that. Um, and then for our kids, encourage them, especially as they get older, to ask the hard questions. We were talking about reading through Luke 2, which, and we start with, you know, in those days, Caesar Augustus. Okay, well, who's mm. Caesar Augustus? That's an actual guy. Mm. We can find him in history that so many of these things can be uh, corroborated by outside sources. When they're little, just teaching them the stories. And as they get older and say, that sounds unbelievable. <laughs> well, why can we believe that? And what other people do we know who believe those things that we trust, who are smart, who have done this research, and what can we learn from them? So when it comes to being truthful, your kids have come from very different backgrounds, the ones that you guys have adopted. Like, Is there something in terms of personality and or experiences that kids have had that impacts the, how easy or hard it is for them to tell the truth? Oh, absolutely. I mean, lying is a survival skill for a lot of kids, um, especially if they've had years and years of trauma. And breaking that habit is extremely difficult um, and it requires a, a exerted effort. It is not exactly what we're talking about right now. You know, like it's it's a whole different process. And I, for parents that are struggling with that, that I have so much of a heart for that. It requires that consistent truth telling and encouraging truth telling and addressing things that are untrue. I do think personality wise, like my daughter, who's very direct, does not struggle a whole bunch <laughs> with telling the truth. And I'm that way too. And I think what I found is interesting personality wise is this all feels 
fairly obvious to me. Like, of course, we tell our kids the truth. But when I talk to moms who especially have maybe more people pleasing tendencies, mm. it, they struggle with seeing their kids be afraid or be um, hurt. Yeah, then it's really hard for them to tell their kids the truth mm. because in the moment they don't want to see them struggle. Yeah, now you just flipped that on me because we were talking about kids' personality, hard uh-huh. to tell the truth. And now you went to the parents and said, hey, <laughs> there's a personality thing within parents that makes it easier or harder for them to be honest with their kids. I mean, it goes both ways that I see my people-pleasing kids have more of a tendency to lie because they really don't want to be in trouble and they really don't want to believe that they could have done something wrong. You know, it's that's really a struggle for them. But I think we can accidentally raise that in our children if we also are struggling with needing for them to approve of us or just really not wanting to see them have to struggle emotionally. So we just don't want to be honest with them. Merrily, sometimes something happens with our kids. It makes us question whether they're being honest or not. You got a situation with your kids and they're telling you something and you're like, I'm not sure that's true, but you can't really nail it yourself. Let's talk about how hard that is when you have eight kids. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Who drew on the wall? You know, it's just somebody there are did. A lot of options. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, the first time that happened, there was only one kid who knew his ABCs, and so it was clearly him. So, <laughs> and they don't want to take ownership of something. I really release it. I hate that. It's really frustrating, but I will sit down with all of, especially when it's no one will take ownership of something that someone in the house did. Then we will all sit together and I will tell them, I don't know who did this. And it's really sad to me that someone is not going to be honest, but just because I didn't see it doesn't mean that God didn't see it and Mm -hmm. that your conscience isn't going to be bothered about this. So it's not my job to make sure that there's always consequences for things. It's not my job to try and punish Mm -hmm. everybody because somebody did something. It's your job to be honest with me and let me know. And there are rewards and there are consequences in life that have nothing to do with what mom can do. So I just have to let it go because Mm. I can't actually know. I can't actually solve it. And even if I try to pin somebody down, I might be wrong about that. And Mm. I want to leave room for that. I actually had to apologize to one of my kids after she left the home because I would find dirty dishes that were supposedly washed. I got to get on her a little bit thinking that was her. And then she She moved out and it was still happening. I'm like, oh, it wasn't her. (laughs) So I had to go back and go, okay, I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. It's cool what you brought in there, though, about the God factor to be able to just go, God's part of this mix in your home and the heart of your kids, right? And uh, this whole thing about very scripturally, even for those before they come to know Jesus, God has put a conscience in all people to know right and wrong. And you can really speak to that conscience and then trust God in them and the work of their their conscience got put within them to do some work that you can't do in that moment. I have to hope for that. And I know for myself, there have been times where nobody knew what I did, but I knew what I did, Mm. you know, and eventually that got to be too heavy and I had to go back. So I trust that for my kids. So merely we're talking about interacting with our kids, about truth, about lies, like in the reality of the world, there are people out there that we need to kind of not necessarily trust all the time. Like there's there's a level of lack of truth that's in our culture, whether it is sometimes depending on the schools that you go to, some things they hear from a teacher may not be true from 
our perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're watching something on TV. An advertiser may, may say something that's not true. They may have a friend. They may have a book that they're reading even that has things in it that are not true. And so we don't want our kids walking around paranoid about everyone's going to lie to me. But we also don't want them right. walking around ignorant in the sense of invulnerable because they're not aware that everything that coming at them is is not always true. So how do we help our kids develop discernment without paranoia? <laughs> Man, I feel like a broken record, but I feel like the first thing is that we are telling them the truth from young ages mm-hmm. and that they know they can always come to us if something does not line up with the truth that we've expressed, that they know they can, they can ask us that. But I think when we haven't told them the truth or when we've said that's adult business or whatever it is, then they are much more vulnerable to being led astray by someone who will tell them a truth. <laughs> they will tell them something. So now that's the only truth they have. So my kids have definitely been exposed to other perspectives. They're in public school. They've been exposed to ideas and values that are not our ideas and values. And I've been so proud of how they've been able to come home and say, okay, so this is what we're talking about in class. And I don't think this is right. And we'll talk that through. And we'll talk about what are reliable sources, who are people that you can trust, and how do you know that you can trust them? You know, how can we discern what truth is? Does it line up with scripture? There's so many ways to talk about it, but I really do feel like the beginning is that our kids have to feel safe to have that conversation with us because we are trustworthy and they know that we will tell them the truth. About this number of times over the years since I've heard it, that uh, when they are working with cashiers in banks, tellers, the way that they train them to discern a counterfeit bill is by giving them real dollars to work with. It really struck me like the importance of making sure that in the home, they're hearing a good dose of truth because otherwise, how are they going to know when they hear something out in the world? Wait a minute, that's different than what I'm hearing from and at home, right? But if there's not yeah. enough truth flowing in your home, whatever the context is, and they're not going to be able to discern a lie to even then come back and ask the parent about, they're just going to take it in. Right. And I think too, <laughs> There's a complicating factor of we have our values and beliefs that are important to us at home. And then there are ways where there are people that we love and respect and trust who share fundamental values with us, but are different on other aspects. And are we talking to our kids, especially as they get older, about some of those nuances, that there are ways that we can disagree with people when we share these underlying important values? Or are we teaching them that anything that's different than what we have said is automatically a lie, or these are automatically people that we hate? Like how we respond to those people who we may have differences with, and what are differences that are core differences? What are differences that are truth differences? And what are differences that may be preferences or how we work out our faith? It, it's it's complex. And we see that more as our kids get older. We live in a time when we, we've got kind of a new repackaging of the error of uh, relativism. Depending on what you think, it's there isn't an absolute truth, right? So now it's yeah. this whole thing we talk about, well, what's your truth? Speak your truth. <laughs> like if it's true to you, it's true. And it's just a remake of an old deceitful you know, thing out there that's very destructive at, the, at its core. Because we, as Christ followers, Bible-believing, you know, God, um, source of truth, know that there is absolute truth that resides in the person of God. How do you train your kids in that way that to let them know that regardless of what they're hearing out there, there is a source and it's not mom and dad merely. I think it's absolutely steeping them in scripture, in 
Christian community and people that they can love and respect and trust who believe these things, um, just helping them have that strong base and foundation and then helping them interpret when someone is saying, this is my truth, how, how do we interpret that? How do we respond to that? And understanding that not all things can be true, but we can love people who believe something different than we do. And that may be the way that they come to experience the love of Christ. It may be through us. So if someone is saying something is true that you know is not true, how do you lovingly confront that? How do you continue to have relationships with people that may believe things that are different from you? I mean, those are the challenges our kids are experiencing. And we are not encouraging them to just cut people off or out Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are struggling in those ways, but to help our kids understand why might someone believe that? What kind of distortion is that? You know, what kind of pain might put them in that position? And how can we have empathy and love them and then also speak truth to them? That truth and love, that truth and relationship is so vitally important. Well, Marilee, as always, you have given us so much practical insight to consider. Thank you for that. And thank you again for spending the morning with us today. Thank you.